All right, welcome to the second episode of Renaissance Statesman. Uh, the podcast has just begun. First episode has been released on Spotify and Pocket Casts and most places where you can get your podcasts. So, odds on, this might be the first time you're joining us. So, please check out our inaugural episode and we'll be looking for feedback down the road, but we've made a few changes and already had a little bit of feedback from others. And hoping to improve with this episode and every episode. Uh, one of the things that we want to do is an unedited conversation. The intention is not to polish everything and make it appear that we may or may not be perfect. Um, that's one of the issues in uh, society that I, I think uh, with Instagram and the ability to edit photos and edit your voice and edit everything else is a takeaway. So again, welcome to Renaissance Statesman. Uh, I'm Keith. And I'm Jesse. And today is November 4th, 2020, the day after the 2020 election. We still don't know who is president, and based off of what I'm hearing, that won't be decided for quite a while, and it'll be likely a... a long month. Well, it'll be a court decision, based on what I'm seeing, um... Up to this point right now, it's uh, it's leaning towards having the uh, first female president that we've ever had. Oh, Kamala Harris. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, some of you out there are probably thinking to yourselves, she's, she's the vice president. She's not the president. If you think Joe Biden is going to make it through one term as president... You're out of your mind. You mean one year? <laughs> He'll probably resign Before. right after being sworn in. He'll say, okay, time to go home. Uh, best of luck Back to you. Back to my basement. Well, even if even if uh, it turns out that Trump won, Kamala Harris will still have been the closest female to becoming president uh, that there is. And that is going to not sit well with Hillary Clinton. And some people might say, well, Hillary was the presidential nominee. Uh, I think if you look at it as the likelihood she lost by... There was no any question on the Electoral College. Um, this one's coming down to the wire. It's going to be way closer, I think. And given the yeah, fact... Yeah, this looks really close right now. Yeah. So as it stands right now, um, Arizona is still up in the air. Arizona's in play. Um, there was an error. Huh. Lots of use of error. So there was an error in uh, the reporting. Initial reporting was saying 98% or something, 98, 96% reporting. And it was only in the, the mid-80s, 84, 86%-ish. Uh, so there's still quite a few votes to be counted, and there's only an 80,000 vote difference. Uh, close enough it's going to warrant a recount, probably. A lot of states trigger a recount if it's closer than 1% automatically. Uh, and if it's not automatically triggered, it's going to be court cases and stuff to determine who wins. Uh, there's a lot of wonky stuff going out there. Uh, this is 
this is a shame. Uh, a clear victory either way probably would have been better for the country than what we're about to have. Yeah, even if it had been a clear victory for Biden. Yeah, I definitely that wasn't the outcome I wanted, but I would take a clear victory over Biden over what looks like a bunch of yeah. shady fraudulent and it still might go it still might go the direction of Donald Trump, but a lot of people are are banking on Amy Coney Barrett. They're all out there saying, "Oh yeah, she's she's apparently the next coming of Christ or something." I know she's religious and that became a slight issue in her confirmation for the lower court that she was sitting on, but a lot of GOP type people are are relying on this and I I I think that's foolish. Uh, she could have ruled there was a 4-4 case from the uh, state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania regarding their ability to count ballots three days after that arrived up to three days after. Not everybody's vote. If you vote by the deadline and it, whether it's in the mail or whatever, your vote should be counted. That's that's never been an argument that I know of anybody making any, any claim to the contrary is being hyperbolic and, and misleading and straw manning what's been said. Uh, we were, it was designed for us to vote on one day. There's election day, not election week, not election month. They just keep extending it out before they extend it out forward, or I guess that'd be backward. So election day started earlier and earlier and earlier, and you can start voting, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't done like it's like Christmas decorations or holiday decorations. I mean, what is the issue that people are having? Because I keep hearing about this. What's the issue with early voting? There's not. It's not so much the issue of early voting. It's just the the opportunity to manipulate the system and to play silly games increases. So if you take a vote here now and that's the vote, there's not a whole lot of opportunity to look and see who's doing better where and how many votes do we need to find and quote unquote find between whatever early voting in the election to help our party win. There's just a lot more opportunity for uh, – for fraud. Actually, I, I was thinking earlier, I want to, one point I want to make, and I don't know, I don't know how our, our, who we do this through is going to treat this. I know if I tried to post this on YouTube, there's a good chance they'd, at the very least, be demonetized if we were doing the video stuff, but people are insisting there's not fraud. And one of the arguments they'll make of there not being fraud is the, the person that says there's fraud says, Hey, there's a hundred thousand ballots that got tossed in the primaries in New York. Well, well they caught it. That means there's no fraud. So they caught it. All right. Here's your analogy. This is, this is simple. This is unless you are as dumb as a stump, you should be able to understand this. The TSA. Transportation Safety Administration. Yeah. You know, those those touchy-feely assholes at the airport who roll on power trips and think they they have some authority. Saying that catching 100,000 ballots 
proves that the system works is as much bullshit as saying that the TSA found a gun on somebody or in somebody's luggage and prevented them from having a gun on the plane. Therefore, guns never end up on the plane. Bombs never end up on the plane. They've stopped. If anything is evidence that this stuff happens, it's not always caught. Right. And if we look at TSA numbers, the FBI regularly tests the the TSA. And they'll take fake guns, fake weapons, and they'll go through TSA. You know what the the failure rate is of the TSA in catching those? What is it? 90%. So they catch one out of every 10 weapons when they're tested. Great. So if New York caught 100,000 ballots in the primary that were maybe not fraudulent, but they were wrong, they, they, they changed the outcome, which means that your vote and my vote and anybody else's vote counts less. Anything that impacts the outcome, whether it's intentional or not, undermines the system. It means one person, one vote becomes less important. It becomes less accurate way of assessment. So if they had TSA-like numbers, let's say they're twice as good as TSA. That's 450,000 votes that were incorrect. So 350,000 got through. We don't know. We can't. This is the seen versus the unseen. This is, I mentioned in the the first podcast that uh, uh, Henry Hazlett has a book called, uh, oh man, I'm having a brain fart, uh, Economics in One Lesson. And very early on, he talks about seen versus unseen and how hard it is to convince people. And this ties into like confirmation bias and stuff. So it's how hard it is to convince people that what they see isn't the whole story. There's unseen factors. There's unseen consequences. If I go to the bowling alley, you see me going to the bowling alley. You see the benefit, the choice. You don't see the literally infinite cost. By going to the bowling alley, I couldn't go to the movie theater at the same time. That's the unseen. That's the unseen effect. Now, that's that's a, a minor... Uh, like people would say, well, what's the issue with that? It's, 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 there's no issue. I made a choice. There's consequences to every choice. The point being is trying to convince someone of unseen impacts. So this is, this is the, the basis of unintended consequences. What do you think right now is the thing that stands out the most in your mind? The, the shadiest thing going on right now with the election? The shadiest thing is Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is, they are crooked from top to fucking bottom. And I used to live in Pennsylvania. I used to live in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, the, the, the county that Trump had uh, 57,000 people showed up. Uh, that was Butler County. That was the county that I, I lived in when I was a kid. Now, my opinions of things as a child are obviously suspect. Um, so I don't have any special knowledge of Pennsylvania, just point out the the connection there, but they are, (laughs) they are showing themselves the the attorney general there, uh, 
Shapiro is his last name. Like Justin, I don't remember. Just Shapiro. Is he the one that made that comment? The Two other days day? before, he tweets out that it's going to appear like Trump wins Pennsylvania, and then the votes are going to come in, and Trump is going to lose. The attorney general, I don't give a fuck what party you're in. You have no business making a comment like that. No yeah. business. You want to talk about uh, a chilling effect on people who are still yet to vote? You are telling people it doesn't matter if you if you support Trump. It does not matter if you go out and vote because Trump's going to lose. That's not, It's not an admission. But that is definitely an implication of we plan on pulling crooked shit. Yep. It never you you have to feign ignorance. You have to pretend that you have no dog in the fight as much as possible when you're you're in an office like that. So here here's the thing is the attorney general is part of the executive branch and uh, all of the elections and all the stuff that goes on there is that branch is supposed to be neutral. Governors shouldn't be. I mean, there, there's, there's, an, there's an extent. Like, I'm sure you can com- campaign, um, but I don't think it's smart. I don't think it's wise. I don't think it's it's the proper thing to do if you're in certain positions to to campaign for uh, any given outcome. I think in in an election like this. I think that was pretty shady. I think it, it was it was a it was the it was the quiet part. Professional. No, I think it was. Oops, I said the quiet part out loud, didn't I? I was only supposed to think that crooked shit. I wasn't supposed to actually actually state it out loud. Uh, and that's what's happening in a lot of these cities. They 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 clearly held back votes to find okay, out so how many they needed. These these uh, states that haven't been decided yet were these all the battleground states? Um, it depends. I mean, so have- the polling was garbage. So the idea of a battleground state is is meaningless because uh, Nate Silver, man, uh, somebody said he looked like he got hit by a truck earlier because he was all he's he's taking it on Twitter as he should be. The the guy is it's it's more modeling. He he created a model. He was successful for a while, and then the variables that went into the model changed, and he couldn't keep up. And so he absolutely just like almost all of the pollsters, except for I think like Trafalgar, which is out of uh, England. So the they're not as as biased in my opinion. They don't have a dog in the fight the way every American polling group has. He got it so wrong across the board. Just got it wrong. He got it wrong last time. These pollsters all need to be, all need to be fired. They don't, the, the, the polling in general just needs to be done because polling in my mind, manipul- it's a, it's a psychological manipulation. Um, you can test this. There's studies that have tested this. I don't know any off the top of my head, but I'm sure people out there, if they if they choose to do a little digging and do it, don't be lazy. Don't make me think for you. Um, people want to be part of the winning team. It's not about not everybody. I mean, there's a lot of you out there that have your strong values and you vote on the issues and you study and but a lot of people simply vote to be on the winning team. 
And so by having there again is early voting. That's one of the problems with early voting is it can sway people to vote for somebody else. It, it does. It's, it sways people to, I want to be part of the popular crowd. I want to be part of the winning team. I want to, even though nobody knows who they voted for, voting should be a secret thing and you should feel That's why secret voting, secret ballots are so important is so that there's no pressure on you. I mean, you could be like, we we're married and maybe I don't, want you to know maybe i didn't actually vote for trump and just didn't right. tell you and that's we we have that we have that secret that secret ballot for a reason to protect to protect the the I suppose you could uh, it might be an extreme choice of words but the sanctity of the vote and so i think polling falls into that i think polling is just like early voting and exit polling and all polling, exit polling, whatever polling you're doing. It's a, it's a it's psychological manipulation, it's psychological warfare, and both sides can utilize it. This is, it's not that it's a tool that only one side has access to, so therefore it's unfair to one side. I'm not saying that, that it's unfair. I'm saying that it's, it sends the wrong it creates bad signals. So like in any kind of a market, you get signals. The prices go up. That's a signal. Prices go down. That's a signal. Supply, demand. I mean, that's just the basics of economics, but among thousands and thousands of others. I mean, uh, if somebody's selling uh, a widget, I hate using a widget. Um, there's no such thing as a widget. If somebody's selling soccer balls, and they're able to manufacture them in a quarter, and because of market demand, they're able to sell them at $500. That's a signal for other people to enter the market because it's like, hey, there's a big profit margin there, so that means there's not enough competition. So that's the same thing with this whole polling situation is you're you're sending market signals. You're sending – it's it's almost – it's almost – I want to say it's almost like insider trading – in it's like the stock market, but I'm actually in favor of insider trading because it's an effective signal. Uh, so I don't think that's the best analogy. Uh, it's we, we should try to make the playing field as fair as possible. I mean, you have other aspects like gerrymandering and, and I don't care fraud of any voter suppression. The, the right is often confu- uh, accused of voter suppression that's you know unacceptable. What? You know what's crazy though is like right now you have all of the Democrats that are saying, "Oh, you're just being sore losers." What What do you think they would be doing if the I know what they'd returned? be doing. Hillary, up until yesterday, Hillary Clinton was still insisting how she she won the popular vote and how I should have been president. Like she wrote a book and she cried uh, to every media outlet that would allow her to, to get on there and cry and be like, but I defeated Donald Trump. Uh, no, you did not. The rules of the election were <laughs> have not changed. They didn't just suddenly change to, well, if you win the popular vote. Yeah, it's never been. She had advisors. Way. If she was that stupid, which she's not, that woman's, that woman's many things, possibly evil, but I don't think she's the level of stupidity it would require to not know that the goal is to win the electoral no, college. No, she's probably just trying no, to she, influence people. All these 
liberals to think that it should go leftist. Let's let's that's one thing I want to I want to be sure as we pursue this is I want to refine language because I consider myself a classical liberal. I think the idea of liberalism, this country was founded on the idea of liberalism and that that word has been run through the wood chipper and hammered and destroyed and All right, then that the, said, the modern left Modern right. left, yeah, that's that's yeah, the modern left, the left leftist, left left left, um, far left. They're not even that far left anymore. They're they're a large chunk. I just I think it's unfair to the concept of liberalism. Anyways, continue. Sorry. What was I saying? No idea. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I got lost in my own about thoughts. Hillary and. Well, the popular vote. Right. She she knew the rules. She knew that she had to win the electoral college, and it was an excuse. It is the left uh, is the party of petulant children. Uh, I remember it's, it's like playing a it's like playing a board game with a five year old, and I happen to be this five year old. Um, well, no, I I wasn't. I was a five year old that I destroyed the game. I was losing. I threw a temper tantrum and flipped over the entire board which is what uh after the supreme court nomination <laughs> the left was basically saying we're gonna just flip over the board uh they changed the rules I, i'm losing the game or i lost the game therefore we need to change the rules and little five-year-old kids do that. no no that's not the rules here's the rules and then if you're a patient parent or babysitter or whatever you let them get away with that and then because you're smarter and older and wiser and if it's a game of any kind of skill not just pure chance the changed rules eventually you adapt and you still start to win unless you're one of those people who you just let kids win don't do that too often you you they need to learn um then they wouldn't become temperamental petulant children when they become adults and they lose at something in life uh i got over my temper tantrums eventually but that is kind of the whole playbook right now is we don't like the results we don't like the outcome we're going to change the rules Oh, you you put somebody, you followed the Constitution, and you put in a Supreme Court justice after another Supreme Court justice died? Well, when we get in, we're going to pack the court, and we're going to add three Supreme Court justices. That's ch- that's changing the rules. Yep. Oh, we didn't win the Electoral College. Ah. Okay. Because for rules to change, both parties have to agree, and you can't just do it at the last minute. Well, and frankly, we... So this will get into, I have an issue with ruling and governing bodies and rules in general. And and I'll point out an example. Um, for any martial artists out there, this is an example that you'll understand is people, especially in the mixed martial arts community or people that are into so-called real martial arts have made fun of Taekwondo for a long time. But one of the issues is Taekwondo suffers from being an Olympic sport. The rules set up for Taekwondo neutered it. 
and slowly but surely the that that is too dangerous that move is too dangerous or that something is we don't like that um that doesn't look good on camera i don't i don't know what motivates the rule change but rules keep changing uh and this is in a lot of sports like so another olympic sport combat sport judo is su- suffering from this they've eliminated certain takedowns but this is true in in football you <laughs> i don't want people getting concussions that's something I like. I feel strongly about. I, I worry about concussions. But another area that has been neutered is football. The rules of football have been shifted, and as the rules shift, things they they, they adapt. So quarterbacks are much more protected now than they ever were. Kickers. Uh, so you have a much bigger passing game. Quarterbacks, you're not allowed to hit the quarterback like this, and you can't hit the quarterback there, and you can't. And receivers, it's like, oh, if receivers are going up for the ball, and you, you go up too, and you go head to head, and then all of a sudden we're gonna uh, penalize you. When you change the rules, you change the game. The game, the game starts shifting, and slowly but surely, it becomes something completely different than what it originally was. And some might argue better. Um, I don't know. But in this case, we don't want the founding fathers were geniuses. Right. We don't want this to become something totally different than what it is. Otherwise, go live somewhere else. Aristotle said masculine republics give way to feminine democracies, which give way to tyranny. Mob rule is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Right. So republic... So democracy is mob rule. Republic is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner, and the armed sheep contests the vote. There's there's stuff put in place and designed to prevent anybody from taking over too much power and holding it for too long. And there's mostly designed for individuals because the whole idea of a party system was not what the founders intended, but as we've created That's a party why system we're, we're a republic not a democracy right we're a democratic republic for all the pedants out there just so you know everybody hates pedants and if you don't know what that is look it up i'm not calling you a pedophile i'm saying you're <laughs> i'm saying you're an anal retentive jackass uh take things a little bit too literally but it's a republic. I can be that way sometimes. Well, the importance of... I had this argument on some social media with some moron the other day where he was insisting that a republic is representative democracy. Well, a republic can be an autocracy. It can be... like You could have a, a republic system where the person that is representing, uh, maybe, they're, maybe it's an her- inherited rule. Maybe you have dynasties of, so uh, you can have where uh, it's not democratic. It's, it's based on like oligarchy. So in order for you to be one of the representatives that you have to have a, a certain level of wealth and a certain level of, of whatever. And there's arguments actually in favor of that system because those who have the most to lose possibly should have the most say in how the system goes or those who not the most to lose, but those who are the most invested that put forth the most effort, time, money, whatever. But that's not a democracy. There's no, there's no, 
there's no popular vote involved in that kind of a republic. And that's why I finally had to point out that I was like, look, this, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, we were designed as a republic, constitutional republic for a reason. The founding fathers, despite any flaws that that you might have with them. Actually, it's, it's funny. So I just saw a meme and uh, I shifted a little bit in my head. But James Madison is... Uh, is, and I don't know if I if I've dropped any of the I, I think I, I I've it's not suitable for work, this podcast. Uh, I think you cussed at least once or twice already. All right, so you've, you're already aware. The James Madison is reading uh, early draft of of uh, the Constitution, and he says uh, he says. Starts reading, we, wait, 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 Ben, Ben Franklin interrupts him. Who the fuck is this we you're talking about? James Madison angrily towards, motherfucker, I'm getting to it. (laughs) The point being, we, the people, the founders understood how they wanted everything to be designed. They understood how... uh, they couldn't foresee social media. They couldn't foresee a great number of things that are causing issues in today's world, causing great benefits too, depending on how they're used. Kind of like atomic energy can be cheap and clean and it can also be turned into a devastating weapon. Uh, but they foresaw a lot and they foresaw, they, they understood the failures of past systems and they designed a, a, a very robust system, but we keep chipping away at it. One group doesn't, and don't get me wrong, is the the Democrats, what was it, Andrew Jackson, his election was stolen. He was in all likelihood the winner, and so he went out and got, a coalition together and from my understanding that coalition became the democratic party so this is not at that time the republicans didn't exist it was a different party uh different group but the uh the point being this is this is not one-sided i don't want to hear any of the the grand old party people insisting that, well, this is all because of the Democrats. No, this this has been going on for a long time from both sides. It, we, we just keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. The game slowly changes, and and the game slowly gets worse. And we it see that. into... Tribalism. Yeah. We, we've got large-scale, large-scale um, tribalism. But moving back to the details of this current situation and um last night when the counting just stopped and then you said well that's not supposed to happen is the counting is supposed to continue until the count is finished right uh there's a there's a concept that might be lost if, if you've spent all of your life in academia or potentially government you might not have heard of this before but there's a concept called shift work now what shift work is for those of you who have spent all your lives in fields like that um what shift work is is 
there's 24 hours in the day. So if I have job A where I put bolts onto a wheel, let's say, uh, we make wheelbarrows in this factory. I put the bolts onto the wheel. Well, production doesn't stop simply because I finished my eight-hour day. Another another individual will come in at the, the end of my shift, shift starts. and will continue to put bolts onto a wheel. But what you were saying, and this is where I was going with this, is that the pole watchers were sent home. So, sent yes, away. there's there's a, a issue that has arisen that really points to um, points negatively, and, it, and it's it smacks of corruption. It, it, it indicates fraud in my mind. Uh, people can take it for what they can state it for what they think, but uh, the people who watch the polls, there's usually. I don't know if it's it's one or it's several. I'm sure it's probably dependent upon the the place that's counting them. Uh, from each party, they're there to just make sure there's a safeguard. They they double check and make sure that whatever the rules are and the standards are are upheld. And my understanding in Pennsylvania, Georgia, maybe even Wisconsin, more than a few places. Not only did they stop because they don't, they they don't understand shift work, and this is something that, as far as I know, has not ever happened before, where they simply we're going to stop counting and we'll get back to it tomorrow Later, or at three a.m. Well, so that's what happened. Yeah, it sounds like two, three o'clock in the morning rolled around, and they said to everybody that we're going to go home and. We're going to pick it up again tomorrow at 9, 10, whatever. Uh, so when the the poll watchers left to go home and get a little rest to come back and watch and keep an eye and prevent fraud or the possibility of fraud, the counting continued. Suddenly they found all of these Well, the counting continued. Ballots. Exactly. The counting continued. And at ratios where... Like they f- apparently found ca- some counties that nobody in that county apparently was in, uh, approved of Trump. So it's obvious. It's like why not just recount where that happened? Well, so here's the problem: is those ballots have been counted and put into the circulation with all the other ballots. So. How do I find out which ones were the fraudulent ones that are added in and which ones weren't? This is why fraud is so difficult to detect. This is why when people insist, well, they've caught, they caught this and they caught that, that proves the system works. It's like uh, seen versus unseen. Where, how do you know? How do you know that there's not fraudulent ballots in there? How do you know you didn't miss something? Something got past somebody. And this is why I don't. It's not voter fraud. I don't think there's any real individuals out there. It's election fraud. It's fraud on a larger scale, not a smaller scale. And people uh, apparently, Michigan picked up 150,000 votes for Biden and zero, and for, zero Trump. for Trump. Now this is statistically impossible. 
And when I say it's statistically impossible, there's there's that one in 80 billion chance of some sort of thing of that happening. Because even, even considering that more mail-in ballots are, are going to be for Biden, there's still going to be Trump mail-in ballots too. You're not going to have a ratio of 150,000 to one. Yep, and so, zero. or to zero, excuse me, to zero. Uh, this is not, this is not some quantum physics problem where somebody randomly turns into a duck. Sure, there's a possibility of it, but the probability is literally zero. There's zero percent probability. Uh, somebody apparently forgot to carry the one or something, and it was actually fifteen thousand votes. For Biden was the latest thing that I heard, uh, as though that's any better, because fifteen thousand to zero is still zero probability. There is zero probability that out of fifteen thousand votes, all of them are going to be for one person. Now there's a way to check this. So, well, not necessarily check it, but there's a way to point to it. Um, What's the down ticket voting? So these ballots, what were the other votes on these ballots? So they voted Biden for president. Did they also vote? We're in Colorado. They also vote John Hickenlooper for Senate. Did they vote on Proposition 120 whatever? Did they vote or did they only vote for president? Because that, that's, well, you are well within your rights to simply vote for president. Or you can leave president blank and vote for a specific senator. Or some people do not vote on individuals, but they do vote on taxes and propositions. So they'll leave all the people blank. Uh, judges, a lot of times people don't know anything about the judge, and so they'll leave it blank. I left all of those blank on my ballot. And it's one judges. of those things. If you don't know about something, that's yeah, probably the moral. That I don't know about. It's probably uh, the most That's ethical. something else we could talk about at some point, is just the um, everyone's encouraged and pressured to vote. Most of it. Hey, I got news for you. Whoever's listening to this, um, most of you have no business voting. Most of well, you are. We don't are, know that though, because we don't know what well, our audience is. I'm. A, I'm assuming I'm talking to the world. I'm talking. I'm talking to all Americans. I'm assuming, in this statement, I'm assuming that everybody is listening to this. Uh, I hope our audience is the the well informed voters, and that this doesn't apply to you. Uh, but assume we're talking to everybody in the world. Right. This is a broadcast to the world to be kept in perpetuity you shouldn't be voting the vast majority of people are are completely uninformed they vote based off they vote some of them vote based off of name recognition i think that contributed to trump's win first go around is people are just (laughs) i know who that is that guy's been famous for he's been famous for longer than i've been alive uh so there's there's a level of and this goes back into what I said about polls being manipulation, and they they affect the outcome. Um, and it also goes back into how somebody could actually be influenced to vote for someone based on what Lady Gaga did. 
I'm voting like, for Why Biden. the hell would you vote for someone based on that stupid little condescending skit that she did? I didn't see it. I heard it was dumb. Um, yeah. I don't care if I don't care who it is that's selling you a message. Be an informed voter. If you insist on voting, please be informed. And there is no law that says because you started filling out the ballot that you have to vote for everything on the ballot. If you're informed about the presidential race, vote on the presidential race. Pick the person who's going to best represent you or your state or how whatever decision-making process. But be informed. And maybe you don't want to vote for the president. Maybe it's like last election or this election where it's like, oh, you, you gave me the choice between a bat turd and a cat turd. I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, I'm not picking between diarrhea and vomit. <laughs> yeah. I, they both suck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, and the, yeah, that's another component, too, is like we shouldn't be shaming people who have said, I don't like any of these choices, so I'm not voting. It's well, if you don't vote, to... then you can't complain. Yeah, I hate that. It's logically wrong. Yep. Um, this is the first time I ever voted. Uh, I was so... And I, I voted knowing that I put in for the system that we have. And I've legitimized this system. But I didn't see any other... Like I, I didn't feel like I could risk... I was voting in self-defense. Uh, if you don't vote, you're the only ones that are allowed to complain. Because, well, everybody, this is this is being hyperbolic. Everybody has a right to complain. But as far as this little nonsense phrase goes, it's more accurate to say that those who don't vote and don't legitimize the system and don't Cause once create you, the continuation. Once you vote for somebody... You say I'm accepting. Yeah. I accept the results. You've given your stamp of approval. Like Hillary, you chose to play the fucking game. You chose to play the game. You knew what the rules were. You chose to play the game. So if you lose, you can't complain. Look at it that way. We've been using the game analogy. The game analogy is solid. If you chose to play the game and you lose, don't cry about it. You knew what the rules were. You knew what the thing was. So this goes for – I heard Steven Crowder say it. I heard – there's a Canadian uh, lawyer I follow, Viva Fry. Excellent show, by the way. Every Sunday at five, uh, 5 o'clock on YouTube, him and Robert Barnes get together. That's where a lot of this information that I have is actually coming from is Robert Barnes. Very educated, very well uh, spoken and, and knowledgeable about these sort of things. Uh, but Viva had said something about if you don't vote, you can't complain. Well... Lawyer or not, and liking the show or not, you're wrong, Viva. You're 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 wrong. Uh, from a logical standpoint, you chose to play the game, and so you can't. You vote, you can't complain. You threw the dice. You 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 rolled you rolled the dice, and you spun the wheel, and you gambled, and and hoped you won, but but you lost. Oh, and so once all of this is over with, and it we actually figure out who becomes president whether it's biden i mean kamala (laughs) or trump the the harris biden ticket um i think if biden harris wins i'm gonna i'm gonna feel disappointed 
and kind of nervous too about where things are going to go but I'm also going to use it to just motivate myself to work harder and then us possibly get it, get out of Colorado. Well, and get out of Colorado or fix Colorado or or create something of value that has nothing to do with politics cuz there's another thing people need to remember. Like this is a political show and we're going to discuss a lot about how politics affects your lives and and paths forward and how to have an impact and and things like that but politics is is not your whole life yep. I don't most want, of the things we do i don't want biden to be on my mind every day i'm not going to be like right. the left where trump dear lord do not let somebody about. live rent free in your freaking mind for four years that is insane that is insane yeah and most people on the right won't do that in all honesty i'm, I'm more I'm not going to film myself smashing a TV or having a tantrum in the car either. Again, gonna, children. Yeah. Petulant, temperamental, tantrum-throwing children. Stick their fingers in their ears. Nah, 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 nah. It's not my, uh, not my president. Not my president. Yeah, it's your president. Again, <laughs> you voted. You participated, you participated in, the game. in the game. You knew what the potential outcomes were. You made a choice. Suck it up, buttercup. That's your president. Biden wins. He's because I chose to play the game this time. He's my president. That doesn't mean anything other than the fact that he's the president of the game that we played. The United States. That's how it works. Next time, hopefully, it goes better. Um, if anything, I'm more pissed off at the 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 grand old party, uh, the GOP. My, my mom didn't even know. All these years, she had no idea what GOP meant. Uh, I'm more angry at them. Uh, They are... I came to the conclusion, one of the characters in a movie that has pissed me off, one scene has that, when I think about it, elicits visceral feeling. Like, actually, I feel angry is there's a scene in Saving Private Ryan where um, uh, what's the one character, uh, the one actor, Adam, I think it's Adam Goldberg, and I can't remember the other actor, but he's he's Colonel Upham, I think, Up, Upham, Uphill. Uh, a German soldier is attacking Adam Goldberg's character and trying to kill him and gets on top and has a knife. And uh, Colonel Colonel Upham is at the top of the stairs watching this happen. He's sitting there shaking like a dog shit in peach seeds. <sighs> Doesn't know what to do. And literally watches a German soldier stab one of his one of his fellow soldiers. Kills him. Watches and the German soldier looks him in the eyes as he kills him. And then he lets him live. The German soldier walks away and realizes that this guy is just... A coward. That's the GOP party to me. Most of the GOP party is that guy. They, they are they are, they are cowards. We did not reach this point by... Overnight. Where we are at right now did not happen overnight. Years ago... I remember I went to some, it's called a social justice retreat when I was at Colorado State. Three days. 
it was 119 liberals and me. And I was already libertarian, super libertarian minded at the time. I was, I, I, I never, I never registered to, until this this year. I registered as a Republican, actually. Um, but I was conservative leaning, especially on uh, economic issues. I was anti-war. I'm, just, I've always been anti-war. Uh, but I remember going to this retreat and I remember the stuff that they talked about. And I remember like, <laughs> I don't like the direction this is going. And I also remember not just campus Republicans, but GOP conversation in the greater world. Well, we're not worried about those, those, uh, social, ju- they weren't social justice warriors at the time. And despite that already being the terminology being used social justice retreat. Um, we're not worried about those liberal students. It's like Winston Churchill said, if, if, uh, you're not a, a liberal when you're younger, you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're older, you have no brain platitudes and bullshit. They used it to soothe themselves to sleep at night and pat themselves on the back and, and, justify the cowardice of being Colonel Upham and not drawing a line in the sand and defending defending values in this case. It was a matter of defending values. They let it ride. They said, oh, these kids, they'll get out and they'll get a real job and they'll find out that things aren't like what they said and then they'll come around. And I, I was warning then and I, I didn't warn nearly loud enough, but I know I, I spoke of it to several people on multiple occasions like this is not gonna go the way you want and this was about or more than 10 years ago. i started csu and i never graduated but i started in 2003 um what at csu yeah i graduated high school in 2003 so the fall of 2003 was my oh wow was my first freshman year and i was bouncing and out could never decide what i wanted to do um and I, I would say I started having this conversation around oh four. Um, oh four. There's always a possibility I was back around in oh eight. Uh, I know I met you in oh seven. I, I was ha- at the very latest. I was having this conversation about campus by the election of two thousand and eight. Uh, I was I was telling campus republicans i was this is where i was anti-war i was like uh i didn't fit in with them on that side it's like we need to get, <laughs> we need to get out of these wars this is not something we want to be in but i was i was pointing out that they're they're shrugging off of the the liberalization not the good kind of campuses as professors increasing number of professors and an increasing number of fields were 50, 60, 70, 80, 90% Democrat. That's who they voted for. They identified as a Democrat. This was already a growing trend. Oh, it's just the university. It's just this this contained ivory tower. And I warned them. I said, those kids that you think are going to go out, or the other thing is, well, they'll be stuck in mom's basement. They'll be... They won't be able to get jobs. They won't be able to make their way in the world. So they'll have to learn, learn the hard way. Uh, I told them. I told them then, they're gonna get jobs. They're gonna 
get jobs, and they did. They're going to get you know comfortable jobs. jobs. You know what Usually. jobs they got? Even the ones, let's say, they don't, and they don't all have to. This is, this is a problem with a, uh, a cancer. It doesn't have to spread as a whole mass. Little parts of it can break off and cause issues elsewhere in different fields. And it doesn't have to spread your whole body to kill you. So... The ones that did get jobs, the ones that were the exceptions to the the conservative belief, where did they get jobs? They became elementary school teachers. They became middle school teachers. They became high school teachers. So what did they start doing? They started, instead of teaching kids, they started the whole indoctrination mentality that started growing. A little bit after that time, that's where you start hearing, well, they're indoctrinating our kids. But here's the thing. They pulled a Colonel Upham. They sat there and they shivered and they shook and they watched this knife get plunged into the primary school system and indoctrination, indoctrination. Fucking do something about it, you gutless coward. And then they also got jobs in tech. They got jobs in tech. They got jobs. Okay, so first they start indoctrinating kids. So they got jobs there. And I'm not, don't, the, the tech comes later. They also got jobs in journalism. They go and work for the New York Times. And we saw where that, we start seeing where, well, there's a liberal bias in media. Uh, All of the big outfits are in New York and New York's already pretty liberal. And then these kids are coming in and we have CNN used to be a a decent station. They used to be back in the day when there was the big three CBS, uh, ABC and NBC, they were fairly unbiased comparatively. And so that cancer broke off. It went there and it started to grow and grow and grow. And the other area that it went into was the HR departments of major corporations. And this insidious, it it, it festered and and it grew and you, you had increasing pushback on well you can't tell an off-color joke because you might offend somebody uh and some things needed to change like one of the things that some older generation especially older men you don't touch people okay you don't pat a woman on the fucking ass and think it's okay that's unacceptable oh hi sweetheart no 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 so there's a few areas where HR departments made positive changes, but that was just used to justify even more changes. And you give the devil an inch and he's going to take a mile. Uh, that's what happened there. And then what was, what was it that you said they got into? Later, uh, they got into tech. Oh, so yeah, they, they started. Well, that's the, the HR departments. Media. Oh, it is? Yeah, really. That's where they made their invasion is into is into HR departments of big companies and growing companies, and pretty soon, the rules and stuff that they're putting into the companies they work for to to protect everybody and to make it a safe space for everyone. And they were pulling that safe space shit when I was in college and fire uh, foundation. Uh, whatever they're they're a they're a free speech organization that has made a name by suing schools for violating free speech uh they could they sued csu 
And I was all about it. I was like, yeah, this this safe, this free speech zone, wrong, wrong. All of public, especially public universities, wherever, that's that's a free speech zone. And so that was the start. Now you have these places where they shut down and they 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 scream and they bang on doors and and they tell people you can't come here, you can't you can't come to our event, uh, or you can't have you can't have an event here. You can't bring speakers that we don't like, and we don't want to be assaulted by your ideas. Assaulted by your ideas. Well, yeah, words are violence. <sighs> Um, well, we have a few minutes here, so... Well, this can go on, uh, I want to I hit everything on this, um... I just don't want it to go too much past an hour right now. The, the big thing with this election, though, is, and it's not going to happen, but here's the suggestion that I'm putting out. No matter how it comes out, we need to fi- start finding some issues that we can agree upon and rebuild some bridges. My suggestion right off the top, given the, the Sunday is when it happened, is end daylight savings time. I have never talked to anybody who's in favor of keeping daylight savings time. Every year, there's articles. Here's the daylight savings time makes cows unhappy. Uh, daylight's... If you're wondering why, it's like they have to so wait an hour. So it's not good for farmers either. Well, I don't farmers care. I don't. Ranchers. I don't care if there's. I one thought it pers- had something to do with that. This, I don't want to even go into the history of the history of it. No longer matters. It benefits. It harms way more than it benefits. And when we're passing laws and regulations and stuff like that, the concept is supposed to be relatively utilitarian, and it's not really going to harm anybody anymore like all of the reasons for its existence are, are now basically shit welcome to the 21st century uh so we waste time and we 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 get articles talking about all these negative negative things so somebody had to take time to write that stupid article somebody took time reading that stupid article uh they have to remind everybody hey make sure you change your clocks back because some Older people still don't have cell phones that automatically do it. Uh, there's there's no benefit to this damn thing. And it's just it's a bipartisan things, bipartisan end it. It's just like it gets darker earlier. That's not healthy. It's not well, good to have less daylight. Seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. Uh, look it up. We can get into mental health at another point. It's a very important subject for me, but. The if we if we were to break it down, pros versus cons are like maybe a handful of pros, and the cons would just keep adding up. Like we would run out of paper on this planet. Probably it's like oh con 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 minor con, and then the ripple effect. And so that's my that's my proposal. Okay, what other things should uh, people? Well, I I, I want to be about solutions to problems here. So our problem is we're divided. We can't find things to agree on. So there's a bipartisan. Let, let's do that. Somebody, somebody, please. Somebody. Uh, I'm in Colorado. Um, I know. I know Bobert. I think is her name. Just one. Uh, it's, she's a freshman. If somebody happens to hear this, they can get this in their hands. Not just this clip. Just the very end of this episode and say, "Hey, 
here's something you can propose as like a bridge building exercise. I feel like I'm dealing with children where it's like, hey, we're going to play tiddlywinks in this little game. And here's the life lesson you're going to learn. Build a bridge. Pass this. Don't add nonsense to it. Don't make this bill anything else. Go around. Get sponsors. Get, if I was a politician, if I was a first-term congressman or a multi-term congressman, I would go around and say, hey, you support this. Your people support this. And I try to get nine, 400 sponsors on one bill and just be like, look, we let's let's try to start things off fresh. Let's try to... <clears throat> excuse me the COVID's <clears throat> the let's try to get something happening and we're not going to add anything to it we promise not to add anything to it there's the very first building block the very first thing and it'd probably all go to hell immediately after but hey if we can get rid of daylight savings time it's like ah victory <laughs> one thing to check off the list uh I think I haven't had any any others that pop into my head that that's that's just timing. It just happened. I was like, oh, there's there's a path forward. There's a possible solution. It's not a solution to much. It's it's just it's a starting point. Uh, but that's my thought is somebody somebody proposed that and try to use this as 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 a beginning to repairing because the way it's going, it's it's not going to be pretty. Uh, again, I warned. I remember my best friend. I think it's probably seven, eight years ago. I was warning about identity politics, and if one side continued to make everything about appearance and religious, whatever, like things that make up your identity and not values, not common values and common goals and stuff that we have as Americans, like we're used to have. I said, it's going to get ugly. And you've my, been talking about the potential of a race war for, well, my biggest concern, years. and this was my warning to my best friend at the time, seven, eight years ago, as I said, historically, when, you play identity politics like so if you if you play identity politics on the left that's who was playing it and most people like to say neo-nazis and white supremacists are supposedly on the right they're if nothing else they're the opposite of what these uh identity identitarian left is so they're, they're actually technically identitarian right, white supremacists and neo-Nazis. The problem is when they decide to play identity politics, they play for keeps. They string people up in trees and they lynch people. And they're the ones that not – there's plenty of militias in the U.S. that have nothing to do with those groups. But those groups, as small as they are, a lot of them are pretty well armed. Now, my concern is not those groups. My concern is pushing normal people that are centrist or right-leaning towards those groups and then the fight breaking out. Yeah. And if if you've been to prison 
you know what I'm talking about. I have a friend who we talked about this, but if you, if you need to understand, watch, um, there's a movie called felon with Steven Dorff and Val Kilmer. Watch that movie. Uh, there's another movie that's closely correlated that has, has the guy that plays Jamie Lannister in, uh, Game of Thrones. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Wall, it's, it's a, it has Wall, Wallage, whatever. Anyways, don't make fun of me. Um, <laughs> and I, I apologize to him. I, I enjoyed his acting as Jamie Lancer. And he was also phenomenal in a movie called Shot Caller. Watch Shot Caller and watch Felon. Uh, and get an understanding about radicalization of white supremacists how that can happen, how in a contained environment like a prison can take a normal person, a normal, good, upstanding father, and how that can shift. And that's that's literal walls that are containing people, and there's racial divisions in there. So you see it as a microcosm. What the left is doing is they're building a wall, and they're – building a structure and they're, they're creating this division, us, them identity. Well, at some point you're going to force people to choose who they want to identify with. Yeah. At some point, because once actual violence starts breaking out, that's when people pick a side. Right. And when you're making it about race, uh, and you constantly call people racist and you constantly say that, that white people are evil for the it's going to have it has a feedback loop it has it's it's got a pendulum effect it will over time push people to that side they they will embrace just like in in the whole prison system it's i don't i don't want any part of i don't want any part of the the racial aspect you if you were to get a liberal-minded person in a prison they'd learn real fast because the blacks are going to beat the shit out of you the uh mexicans their group they're going to take your shit and beat the shit out of you. And if you don't choose to join them, the neo-Nazi white supremacist groups are going to beat the shit out of you. So pretty soon you're going to give up. And the, I, I'm telling you what, I don't care how much, how much, uh, uh, the, the power fist the you BLM use fist. yeah well it's not as before that but the the marxist fist i don't care how much you you pump that in the air uh <laughs> you're not gonna find solace the mob amongst, will come for you well you're not gonna find solace no amongst what. the amongst the black community in prison and you're not gonna find solace you're gonna find solace with your own kind and they are pushing that sort of mentality out into the real world they are creating a system that will create that if given enough time. And it terrifies me because nobody wins. Nobody wins. This is not, this is not the outcome that you want. You do not want people dividing themselves up by identity, by the only identity that I want people to kind of have. And only on a very surface level is we're all Americans and we're all humans. 
And then if you want to have an appreciation for somebody's background, for someone's culture. That's culture. That's not identity. Your culture is not your identity. Yeah. I love, I am in a, I am a xenophilic individual. I absolutely love that America has so many different cultures that we'll get into this another time. We'll, we'll talk, maybe next time we'll talk culture. Um, so that's kind of a breakdown of where elections are right now. This is a breakdown of fraud and issues that I, I, I am concerned about. And I have for this from a political standpoint, I think we... Do you we, see this going well either no, way? No, I don't see it going well either way. Yeah, we've moved. Either. We've We've allowed the... We've moved too far from our founding principles. Oh, and I will say this because I try to look at the positive side of things. So even if Trump loses... I am very happy that he has these past four years, just what he's done as far as changing everything. Like things are not going to go back to the way they were. And all of this social justice stuff, more people are aware of it and more and more people are rejecting it. Finally. I just hope it's not too little too late. Yeah. Um, My big thing is I want to return... I had I had a discussion with a very liberal friend of mine who I haven't heard from in a while. I hope I hope his re- recognition of this election uh, <laughs> hasn't soured our relationship. But we were having a great conversation, and he agreed that we need to go back to the the founding the founding principles. I'm I think we should scrap almost like basically all the new amendments and stuff. Like let's let's just. Can we can we just get rid of those? Is that possible somehow? We can get. We'll go back to the first ten amendments. We'll reestablish a high degree of federalism where states are little 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 incubators. That's a popular thing in Silicon Valley. They call them incubators, where people come with new bright ideas. Each state can be an incubator where they try different ideas, and that way, the entire nation is not committed in case the idea is bad. And each state has other states and support structure around it so if it does have a bad idea it can recover and we can kind of figure out hey this idea was tried here and other states can adopt it because that's how markets work and ideas work the best ideas win uh so i think we should go back and we should accept as a culture that any place in government documents from the 1776 that says it says man means human so black white green blue orange red yellow uh polka dot i don't know if i left anybody out um sexual orientation uh you identify as a helicopter or or a speedboat i I don't care uh as long as you are a human the language applies to you Man well, has. If you identify as a helicopter, then you're not a human. Just kidding. Yeah, um, uh, the sarcasm, but or if you identify as a turtle, uh, Mitch McConnell, this is looking at you, Myrtle the turtle. Uh, right, but obviously, <clears throat> all humans. So that's what I and he agreed. He agreed. He's like, if we can kind of just come to an agreement and let's let's restart with the founding documents. Uh, and go from there. Like let's 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 hit kind of the reset button. New life. Uh, <laughs> we kind of fucked it up this time. Yeah, that's let's... what I'm really hoping that Trump has done with his at least with this 
first four we'll years see. is maybe it's reset something, but we'll see. All right, so that is that is basically it for the second episode of Renaissance Statesman. I hope our introduction was a little less rambly. Thank you for sticking with us through the first episode. Uh, we definitely uh, made a few changes, and we'll continue to make some changes. And we love having you as guests to listen to us discuss this. And as I said in the last episode, we will be gradually uh, finding ways to interact with our audience. Uh, The long-term goal is to create some solutions. So we'll talk about problems here, but I really, problems are sophomoric. Any five-year-old can say, ooh, that's yucky. But it takes some common sense, some intelligence. Some. It takes a real man to <laughs> come up with a solution. Hey, I, I, if, if it, a good solution comes from a five-year-old, I'm all for it. So we hope to get to that point relatively quickly, uh, as fast as possible. Again, we're going to... And to actually put ourselves on camera, too. Yeah. Once we get our new computer, which... I trust somebody uh, that I can see their facial expressions and stuff a little bit more. I I think people prefer that too when they're uh, watching a podcast is at least having the option to watch it as well as listen to it. Exactly. So So look forward to that. That's that's coming in hopefully by the end of the year is kind of my goal. Uh, And hopefully things turn out a lot better based off of what we're seeing. I'm not inclined to believe that but we should always have some hope and strive for some positivity and try again strive for some solutions and some success so uh, on behalf of jesse i'm keith and this has been renaissance statesman thank you for joining us goodbye